Hello and welcome to the Bristol and Bath Lifting Club. My name is Mark. And I'm supposed to say my name, which is Liam. <laughs> we didn't agree to this. We've never done this before. It's my first time doing an intro and I feel like I uh, cocked that up already. <laughs> ah, that was alright. That was fine. Alright, so today guys, we are going to actually drop some knowledge bombs. I think We're doing we're... actual education. Education. Uh, on... You're dropping an education bomb. I am. It's going to be some golden nuggets in here. Right. Is um, this one that our friend Trennis needs to pay attention to? I think so. Trennis, if you're listening, <laughs> stop taking trend. <laughs> For one, stop taking trend and uh, pay attention to these knowledge bombs. I don't think he actually, as a disclaimer, I don't think he actually takes trend in any way, shape or form. Uh, he just has a really super big interest in it. He's a bit sus. A bit sus, as they say. <laughs> so today, guys, uh, I think we're going to talk about programming and maybe okay. a bit of periodization. Okay. So programming, what programming languages do you speak? I speak the programming language of the lifting. <laughs> ah, so this isn't C or C sharp or anything like that? No, this isn't okay. uh, Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is programming as in, basically, some people, smart people, decide before they get to the gym, what they're actually going to do at the gym. Yeah, Not just clever. for today, but for what is entirely one entire program, which I don't know, mine normally lasts for one to two months. Do you have standard kind of programming? Yeah, so <clears throat> usually when I'm writing like out a program, let's say I'm following like a block periodized program. Mm. So I might follow like a six to 12 week block where I'm doing certain things in that block in order to help me progress. And that could be anything from like um, a different type of progression scheme or a specialization phase or working on weaknesses or maybe I'm focusing on strength. Maybe I'm focusing on muscle gain. But yeah, usually like a program will last a period of time mm -hmm. and I would just block periodize it going forward. Right. So block periodization and stuff like that yeah. is going to go over the heads of a lot of people. Yeah. The One of the issues I tend to find is that the very people that should not probably be doing mm. that mm -hmm. are the very people that want to spend a lot of money on mm. quote-unquote advanced lifting programs and stuff like that. They want to download things and pay quite a lot of money, hundreds of pounds, if not dollars, for sometimes these, these things. When actually, if you're a beginner, so if you're starting out, and I suppose you could give potential like strength standards and stuff like that for it. Yeah, let's do you it. You want to keep with something that's quite simple. And by simple, I don't mean ineffective in any way, shape or form. I think in any training program, you need to really actually understand why each exercise is there, why it's in that order. You need to have and get to grips with what the point of the programming is, which is something that I really do with all of my clients is... I start doing them basic programs and stuff like that and teach them about the lifts, how to do it, but also why I've put in the program versus yeah. something else. Yeah. And then I also, after a month or a couple of months, I normally get them to design their own program so that I can laugh at them. <laughs> <laughs> My client told a very funny story. <laughs> no, but yeah, guys, if you're a beginner, do not overcomplicate things mm -hmm. like... Uh, full body workout three times per week on the big major compound exercises, yeah. you know, like your squats, your deadlifts, rows, overhead press, bench press, dips, you know, things like that. That is more than enough. And then just follow a basic linear progression. Try to add weight workout to workout or week to week until you can anymore. And 
in terms of strength standards, the way I classify someone who's a beginner, obviously they've just started. But for, for men, for young men, I would say unless you can overhead press 60 kilos, bench 100 kilos, row 100 kilos, squat 140 and deadlift 180, I would say you're still in your beginner phase of training. Um, I'll yeah. write that in the show notes. Yeah, please do, please do. But it's all over my Instagram as well. Like I, I, I put a lot of this stuff out for free. What's your Instagram? Lock underscore strength. Which I'll put in the show notes. Ooh, well, it's complicated, isn't it? But it's also very simple. That's really cool. People in this day and age, particularly younger people, have very short attention spans. They're not going to pause and rewind and write down stuff down with a pen and paper. They've probably already switched off. They've probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the two people that are listening, yeah. they just want to click on something and yeah. highlight it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so as a beginner, keep it keep it simple, stupid. You know, get, get strong at your bang for your buck movements. That should be your main priority in that first year of training. And then, you know, once linear progression, so adding weight to the bar every session or every week, starts to stop then you need to start taking programming a bit more seriously if you haven't got a coach already hire a coach Um, otherwise do plenty of research and learn about periodization and how to get your lifts moving forwards going from there so one of the big common things about people that start and have been lifting for say a couple of months to a year maybe even multiple years to be Mm. fair they always say well i don't need to track it because i always remember what Mm. i do and i always say if you look at an actual program that you've done from a month ago or even the current month that you're on it will highlight there's data it's collecting data it will highlight things like the amount of plateaus and simple slight alterations that i've made to programs that have really really helped people have been based on information from that program it's not necessarily always been watching someone and correcting their form it's literally a case of well wait a minute you're doing that exercise first and you're always failing that other exercise which is technically more important for your goals let's reverse the order because who wants to do squats first exactly you know it's (laughs) like that kind of thing which i've done that myself like i did today i did bench press and that and then it also had squats and i used to do the squats first because i think i want to get them out of the way and that but actually bench press doing that first fresh i made more progress doing that and it doesn't really impact the squats however when i did the squats that really impacted my yeah. bench press those big lower body lifts take up a lot of energy mm. and even like you know was it silver era bodybuilders like mm. Leroy Colbert he was like finish with squats finish yeah. with your legs get the upper body out of the way first because it does take up a lot of energy yeah so yeah no I think that's really important so you can you can make little tweaks to mm-hmm. people's programs just to keep them ticking over so yeah changing the exercise order maybe adding in an additional set to increase the volume mm-hmm following a dedicated progression scheme if they're not already so i don't necessarily have a set program like one that you could print out and stuff like that which is i give to every client but i can give you the formula mm-hmm. so the formula is basically is going to be a free day a week mm-hmm. you know to start with on each of the days there's going to be one or two what i class as primary lifts so those lifts exercises are going to be big compound movements it's normally the big five but it depends on people's mobility and stuff like that with a session i'd be able to assess actually can someone squat at the moment or do they actually need to learn how to squat properly one of the big things that i tend to do 
with a lot of people is actually we do front squats more often than back squats to start with just because the amount of people that are like straight over hunched up yeah. it's like no actually you'd benefit from just starting with the front squat because it would keep your posture better yeah keep Stuff that like thoracic that. extension but i take three days a week those are going to be the training days one to two compound movements which i normally highlight as these are the really important ones we learn them people get an understanding of actually they balance out the body so there'll be some sort of row there'll be some sort of overhead press mm -hmm. there'll be a squat normally it all makes sense from a logical perspective of this training the entire body then what i do is that i have accessory movements or accessory things which aren't necessarily single joint or what they call isolation so they're not necessarily just lat pull down or something like that um but those are there to support those other lifts to help those other lifts come up yeah. and then the other ones that i have which i normally highlight again in like italics or something is recovery because people come into the gym and they have quirks i would say or they are recovering i take a lot of clients on after they've finished with their physiotherapy and stuff like that so they still have a little bit of way to go to healing people don't think of well actually the lady that comes in and she can't squat parallel that is to me that's something that needs to be trained that needs to be something that needs to be taken seriously as an increase in range of motion and mobility and all that kind of thing which to me that would be recovery yeah and i've got someone that they can't as i do someone that bench presses but they can't touch the bar to their bench because of an injury mm -hmm. that's something that really actually needs to be worked on increase in range of motion and such so from mine it's primary secondary and then the third is normally some form of, you know, um, mobility work or something like that. And then, of course, I always end with a stretch, the best stretch in the world. The dead hang. The dead hang. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I do it as well. So I'm currently running like an upper lower split and every day will have its main lift. So we have on both lower body days, we've got the squat and the deadlift as the main lifts and on the upper body days we got the bench and the overhead press and i just train in kind of like antagonist muscle groups right yeah. so if i'm doing on my bench day if i'm starting with a bench which is a horizontal push i'll do some sort of row as a horizontal pull same with the overhead press vertical push vertical pull if i'm starting with my heavy squat on my squat day that's my low bar competition squat then i will follow up with um, a lighter deadlift variation, like an RDL, you know, or stiff-legged deadlift, something that's lighter by nature. And then on the deadlift day, um, I will follow up with a lighter squat uh, by nature. So like a front squat or an SSB squat, something that's going to force me to use less weight than my main movement. And then, yeah, that's not everything I do. Uh, like Liam, I'll back it up as well. So you have like your assistance exercises, which are similar to the main lifts and they will help drive the main lifts up. They will help correct muscle imbalances or weak links in the chain. And then I'll do the accessory movements, you know, the, the smaller movements uh, that will help just kind of like round out the whole workout, round out the physique. Um, so yeah, that's, that's quite basic programming, but basics work really well. Hmm. So what I'd like to do for the average beginner, because the majority of people that consume fitness content aren't actually people that even no, do any form of fitness. They're exactly. people that want to kid themselves into thinking that they're making a start by listening to a podcast or watching a YouTube video. Cool. Let's be fair. Yeah. So for people that are really serious about starting out, so we've got the strength standards. For those people that have not met those strength standards that 
Mark listed earlier and that's in the podcast description, we will put a link to a training program that you can buy very cheaply mm. that will be the sort of thing that you're probably not going to get from YouTube because the problem is with YouTube and some of these other fitness plans and stuff like that is that it just tells you the exercises. Mm. It doesn't tell you why the exercises are there. So what we're going to do is we'll create something that you can actually download that will have an exercise program that you can take to the gym, you can tick off, but it'll also have reasons and justifications for why they're in that order. Should give you an understanding of how programming actually works from a basic level with regards to advanced people that needs to be on a case-by-case basis yeah pretty much and you know that that first year guys that you're lifting you you really want to focus on building a strength base okay i've said this many times but you don't want to get stuck like i did in Mm -hmm. what i term novice purgatory Oh. Yeah, so I got st- I, I was lifting for years, and I think I got like photos from way back where I'd been lifting for close to like eight eight years, mm. and I didn't even look like I lifted. Like fluff and pump training. Yeah, pretty much. I, I didn't. I, I wasn't getting stronger over time. I wasn't like tracking man. my numbers exactly like Big Man. You all remember Big Man from the previous episode, <laughs> the MVP. <laughs> but yeah, like. It's, it's, it's true. Like, I got stuck in nervous po- novice purgatory. Um, I was, and that was for a few different things, which I'll, I'll list now. One, I wasn't tracking my workouts. So I was winging it, which, which I wasn't getting stronger over time. I wasn't pushing progression. Over-reliance on machines as opposed to building a f- strength foundation on free weights was another one. And also, I wasn't eating enough. So we, we, we talk about a lot about tracking workouts, but you also need to be tracking your nutrition, mm. especially if you're a skinny dude who struggles to gain weight. You need to be tracking everything you're eating so you can actually get the nutrition you need to get bigger and actually bulk up because that's mm. a problem I had for a very long time. I simply wasn't eating enough. So yeah, I got stuck in novice purgatory, trained for years and yet still didn't even reach strength standards that I should have got in the first year. Yeah. A lot of people think that they are somehow innately special and that the laws of physics do not apply to them. The laws of thermodynamics. Yeah, I've met a few of those people. And at the end of the day, it's... It's very true. There's a lot of people which come in and I coach and the first thing we need to do after we've learned the exercise is actually learn what heavy actually feels like and what effort actually feels like. Because we do like the RPE scale, rating of perceived exertion or the how fucking difficult on a scale of one to (laughs) 10 is it scale, right? Which is what I normally call it. And we normally try to get people for an 8 out of 10. 9 out of 10 is dying and a 10 out of 10 is you're dead. Most people, when they say I'm doing an 8 out of 10, what they really mean is a 5 out of 10, maybe a 6 out of 10. And I can always spot the people that are doing an 8 out of 10 because between each set, they have to sit down. Yeah. I mean, I sit down in between all my sets. Yeah, well, you work hard. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like crawling out the gym by the time I finish. But it's true, you you need to be training with... Uh, a high degree of intensity so you don't have to be at failure where you Mm. can't do another rep but you need to be pretty close to it you need to be training within close proximity to failure Mm. so you can actually spark that adaptation that you're looking for Mm. yeah i think that's super important so in terms of the fitness industry and stuff there's a lot of people because it can be very divisive but there's lots of kind of camps and categories and stuff like that that people tend to slot into yeah and nowadays with the way social media works and everything with algorithms the algorithms know and they try to feed you content mm-hmm. 
based on kind of like lookalike audiences and mirrors of what it thinks you want. So if you are a beginner, it's very scary the amount of shit content, YouTube, Instagram, and all these other pieces, uh, TikTok and that will, will throw at you. Yeah. Which is really, really dangerous. There's a lot of crap out there. Yeah. I always tell people, um, don't, don't, don't follow these big social media influencers. Mm. Follow the people who have like a small following, mm. um, but you can see that they're really strong. They've got the, a good physique. Follow them. Um, they're not yeah, just posting. Us. Yeah, <laughs> they're not just posting pictures of their butts, guys, and and flexing in the mirror. They actually know what they're doing. But yeah, all these fitfluencers who mm-hmm. who don't really have a clue are getting all these followers and all this like traction. But really, it's it's the young known channels that you want to be following. They know their shit. They've been in the trenches. They've they've trialed and and failed with multiple different approaches. Follow them. They'll they'll get you to your goals. There's a lot of very clever and very smart and very experienced people in health and fitness that are really good role models that know a lot and that can really help you. I think one of the dangers is, is very much like science, is that scientists, very smart scientists, they're really bad at communicating anything to do with science. They're really bad at teaching and the sort of communication, the words, the way they explain things is not what the average person kind of understands. Yeah. And that's one of the issues is that when you hear about, well, plates aside, what the fuck does that mean? Your average person isn't going to know that. And a lot of people with some form of advanced knowledge or with some experience forget that. And there's not a lot of really good, because the beginner stuff that you need to learn there isn't a huge amount of it it is really rather simple but the problem is a lot of people don't make money in the fitness industry by keeping things simple they try to reinvent the wheel make things overly complicated exactly are there any big culprits that you think i mean we've we've got an episode in the future titled controversy i think there's one about um what was it something along the lines of a certain Slippery fish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The slippery fish. We all know the brand. Uh, but yeah, there's a bit of controversy there with their athletes putting out information when it's not really fair seeing as their athletes, quote unquote, are taking a lot of extra substances. What about the world famous V-Shred? Ooh, V-Shred. And the world famous Athlete X. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't watch too much content anymore on YouTube, but, you know, X, Jeff Cavalier, he, he, he's a physiotherapist. He, he knows his stuff in relation to the body, but his training isn't great, I would say. As a strength coach, I don't think his training is all that good. There are people with regards to content creators like that. Some people will say, well, he's doing it on purpose to keep people small and weak so that you can sell them yet another program. Right. I don't know whether that's true. There are some people as well that might say, which is probably more along the lines of how I'd feel about it, is that certainly people from a certain backgrounds like physiotherapies and stuff because they only ever deal with people when they've had an injury yeah all they see is oh this person's torn this this person's done that yeah and actually that does flavor what your thought process is and you know particularly younger people they can take a complete beating in the gym and yeah. recover older people potentially not as much but actually as long as you're doing proper work and you're doing exercises correctly selected 
and you're doing it with proper form and stuff, you're not going to, the chances are you're not going to hurt yourself. However, with regards to people like that, they put a lot of thought and effort into saying, don't do this exercise. This is going to break your shoulder. Yeah, It's yeah. like, don't do that exercise. That's really dangerous. No. And like, the body's more resilient than that. Like, and also, like, if I was to hire a coach, I'm not, I'm probably not going to hire a physiotherapist. Mm. I would hire a dedicated strength coach. Um, but yeah, the body's more resilient than that. Um, I don't like black and white thinking mm. in general when it comes to fitness. I think Jeff at one point was like really going off one about upright rows, saying yeah. how bad they are. But he does it and then a bunch of other yeah. people join in the but, kind of mirror. Yeah, then it they? just builds, isn't it? But yeah. actually upright rows are a fantastic exercise. I've been doing them since I started. Um, they're really good for building the shoulder, the traps, the whole shoulder girdle. And they're great if you're if you're into like your power cleans or your high pulls, they're gonna be a really good assistance exercise for building up those movements. Upright rows are awesome gets a bad rap mm. yeah but yeah no not all exercises are created equal obviously but mm -hmm. there, there isn't really such thing as a bad exercise unless you're just doing something really stupid i don't think you've been on the tiktok because <laughs> if you go on the tiktok there is such a thing as a bad exercise. exactly stupid stupid shit in it's not like because back in the day people talk to them like uh talk about like fitness people and that and they'll look at these tiktok channels and they say like they're a bunch of clowns it's like a circus the strong men back in the circus back in the day, they used to do some cool-looking and dangerous-ass stuff. Yeah. But they trained very seriously for it. Yeah. And it didn't involve one of those fucking BOSU balls balancing <laughs> two, yeah. and then your friend on a bench on top of it. Well, they it's call it like functional crazy. training. It's oh, like functional what a, training. What a crock of shit. I know. I'll tell you what's functional. Getting really fucking strong. That's mm. functional. And the functional things that, you know, might save your life one day, not that it probably ever will. Like, when you have to you know, your bedroom's on fire and the only way out is to go out the window, but are you big enough to fit through the window for one? Yeah. And can you pull yourself up? Those dips and pull-ups and all that sort exactly, of thing yeah. might be useful there. And if, you, if you're too big to fit through the window, just, just be strong enough that you can create a new window. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of logical advice. Yeah. 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 I mean, it might be all right if it's a plasterboard wall or something like that. I mean, some of the people that live in these old cottages where the walls are like a meter thick, maybe not... Yeah, yeah. You might have to get pretty damn strong to do that. Okay, I guess probably the easiest thing is to not leave a candle unattended. Yeah, I mean, fire safety folks. That's yeah. <laughs> Check the batteries in your smoke detector. Yeah. And if you are smart enough to get smoke detectors, make sure you've got a carbon monoxide detector as well. The silent killer, you see. There we go, you know. It's not all about being functional. It's just about... Survival. Good, good fire hygiene. <laughs> they do say life is about survival, and people yeah. can overthink about that. Going back to survival, yeah, isn't weightlifting just an adaptation? Well, the, yeah, it's, yeah, there's a lot of adaptation that goes into weight training. That's well, how that's part of the recovery, isn't it? Yeah, survival. Adaptation. Survival is about adapting, and then, the, and then lifting weights is an adaptation, getting stronger to the adversity of weightlifting. Do you know what is widely considered to be the oldest? lift in the world hold on let me let me ponder this the oldest lift in the world yeah the oldest exercise it's got to be some sort of overhead press right no it's not it is the deadlift really 
Not cavemen putting no, cave, stones cave, above their head? Deadlift, because that would be the first thing that you would have to do, and you would have evolved right. to pick something up. So if it was a boulder or if it was something heavy, then the deadlift is the most... And uh, okay, nowadays, yeah. you think about it, if you were to move anything in your house that was heavy... It's kind of a deadlift. It's going to be a deadlift And actually, type if, thing. if you want to get real technical, if you're lifting heavy shit, it's most likely going to be a sumo deadlift as well. Ooh. Ooh. How so, many cavemen know about the sumo deadlift? <laughs> Well, I remember like I did removals once and I had to move a lot of carpets and you get one guy either end of the carpet and you pick it up and I was essentially doing a sumo deadlift. Mm. Um, I don't think I've ever lifted anything conventional, mm. you know, doing a conventional deadlift to pick something off the floor before. It's always been some sort of sumo mm. deadlift squat variation. Interesting. Yeah. So it would be the sumo deadlift potentially. Sumo deadlift is probably oh. the oldest lift in the world. Whoa. Ah, there we go. And yeah, it gets so much hate. Yeah, it does get hate. Why is that? People uh, say that it's not. It's, it's fake and isn't uh, real. Pe- people think it's cheating because yes, that's it. Cheating. Yeah, your back. You're you're in a more upright position, so it's safer on the lower back, mm. and also the range of motion is smaller. Mm. But Honestly, guys, I've got nothing but respect to heavy sumo pullers. I, I, I'm way stronger conventional. Um, and that's because, for me, once the weights start getting heavy, trying to pick up heavy weight off the floor with a wide stance is really difficult. Like, try and jump really high with a wide stance. It's hard to generate power. So I've got nothing for re- but respect for sumo pullers. Yeah. I don't really train sumo. Uh, I don't really have anything against it, but it's because I never really got to the level of at conventional that I want to get to. And I prefer and I enjoy it and I only do it once every other week. So it's not something that I definitely have a a problem against. My PT, however, always said, no, we don't do that because it's cheating, Ah, which I always thought was interesting. But of course, the thing is, when you don't know and you've got a personal trainer that so so has a qualification, you're going to trust them because you're literally paying them to teach you. So it was really interesting. He never justified it other than just saying that it was cheating because of the range of motion thing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I um, you know, I like all deadlifts. I, I... I treat him all equally. Like, obviously, in competition, I pour conventional. But the hex bar deadlift, high handle, low handle, I love. RDLs, I love. Stiff leg deadlifts, block pulls, rack pulls. Any deadlift variation is a good variation in my books. Mm. Um, yeah. All, they're not all created equally, mm. but they are all very, very fun. And functional. Yeah. It's probably one of the most functional movements you can do. Okay, so we've we've basically slagged off functional fitness. Yeah, we did. But what is functional fitness in your opinion? Well... Because it's for everyday... It should have crossover to your everyday life, shouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, see, I, I'm, I'm quite biased because I'm more of a strength guy, you know. Mm. So functional to me is getting really strong because strength is never a weakness. Mm. So it, whether you're playing a sport, like a field sport or a contact sport you know, a martial art, being strong is not going to make you um, less skilled. It's not going to, you know, ruin your sport of choice. It's only going to make you better. What about tickle porn? Tickle porn? Is that a sport? Because that's all about (laughs) very subtle 
dinky little fingers and that. I mean, calluses with tickle porn is going to be real bad, isn't it? Hey, I have never heard of tickle porn. You'll have to Google tickle porn. I think your internet history is dark in the morning. It's, it's, it's not something that I'm into, but it was a conversation that I had with a client. Damn. They just came out. They didn't it. say whether they were into it. Right. I normally suspect when people come out with such things. I mean, if they're bringing it up, they're probably they might into be. It, right? But we were talking about obscure things. Yeah. Uh, tickle porn <laughs> came up. But it just reminded me of typical. Well, I guess if you've got competi- calluses, yeah, there's, it's not going to be functional. There's this. The reason why it came up actually, because I feel like I'm having to justify this now, is that they were talking about a documentary that they watched, which was all about tickle porn, which was this secret society and this kind of group that broadcasts what's essentially people being tickled and such. Right. But they're really, really creepy about it. So they pay large amounts of money for people to be tickled, but certain demographics of people, certain types of people to be tickled. But there's like this big kind of cult surrounding it. And like you try to track down who runs the company and all that. And it's like really, really dodgy next level stuff. Anyway, more about that maybe in a future podcast. You know, sometimes I'm happy I got into the fitness industry. (laughs) (laughs) I took that route instead. Maybe. I mean, if you weren't in health and fitness, then what would you be into? I don't know, man. I was in the martial arts for a long time. The it two would probably very, be martial arts, wouldn't it? Two are very similar in a way. But yeah, yeah before before gym and, and the fitness industry, I was uh, in the martial arts industry. Still kind of am, but yeah. Right, well, that is it for this edition of the podcast. If you look at the strength standards and you're not currently meeting them, then you need to pay us a little bit of money to access this super brilliant program because it'll get you there. Also, we'll talk about programming in more detail because I feel like we went off the rails there. Hey, we've got to drag this out for like hundreds of episodes. I'm sure we can cover great programming in multiple ways. In Stay tuned to episode 80, guys. We'll cover it again. They say the 100th episode is probably going to be the best. <laughs> I thought that was going to be your embarrassing reveal, right? Maybe. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.